0: In the air, caught, touchdown! Caught by for a touchdown. I think they like my Colorado cuz when minute play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. and when no minute go. You know I'm acting bad. get a with my Colorado swag, My Colorado swag, my Welcome Colorado into the DMVR Buffs podcast. Presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, this is Friday now. Um, Bit of a jump in your time. This three-podcast-a-week thing is... It's interesting. Um, But there will be another one up. I think that will be tomorrow and not Sunday, but I'm not making any promises yet. It's been a busy couple days. Um, Yesterday, went out to that golf tournament I was talking about earlier in the week. Uh, Got a chance to talk with Carl... Got a chance to talk with Rick George. I guess I went to the media roundtable. I felt like it wasn't my place to ask questions anymore because a lot of those people are like writing about it, doing those sorts of things. I was like, yeah, if you guys want to ask questions, feel free to ask questions. But I did listen in. Um, I talked with Carl for a minute or two. Um, Apparently, he'd heard that I was going to the Broncos beat, and so we talked about that a bit. He was happy for me. He really good guy. I guess there isn't much you take away here other than just just a good dude. Good football coach. Um in terms of like coaching up receivers, that sort of thing, definitely. In terms of being a head coach, time will tell. Um but but good dude for sure. Um So that was yesterday. What else happened? There was the putting green no, mini golf outing with the DMVR last night. We're going to the Rockies game. I think my girlfriend's meeting me here in 40 minutes or so, so about when this podcast is over. So I'm like refreshing tick pick over and over and over again, waiting for something good. Cause the Rockies have some decent options. Like when you try to buy tickets to a nuggets game or an avalanche game, like you almost never go to their website cause the deals aren't nearly as good. But with the Rockies, like they don't, they usually don't sell out, especially when the Pittsburgh pirates are in town. So I just wait and wait and hope somebody's going to panic and make something cheap and, uh, and then pounce on it. Um, but if that doesn't work, there's always good options from the Rockies. So, uh, Now we're caught up. Anything else? Not really. Been subbing on bets. Doing the Broncos podcast. Started writing about the Broncos. Wrote a little bit about Jabari. Not all that much. Um, Jabari had a great game yesterday. I mean, actually not even that great of a game. Not as good as his other games. I guess we haven't talked about it, but he has a new contract too. Uh, Sounds like it's three years, about $4.75 million. Uh, First two years are guaranteed. That uh, third year is not guaranteed. They probably... They probably structure it so that the you know the, the, the payments go up, his salary improves over time. Um, typically who knows? I think it's probably safe to say that I mean minimum he's gonna be taking home two and a half million dollars, probably three million dollars. And if he can stay on the team for that third year where this contract is not guaranteed, he's gonna be making close to five million dollars. So any thought of him betting on himself and failing. It's tough to say somebody fails and they've got that kind of money coming in. I know like when we talk about athletes, there's just like a totally different scale of things, right? Where it's like, oh, well, who knows? Maybe he would have been a first-round draft pick and made $5 million a year if he'd waited a year. But when you make a decision, and because of that decision, you want getting the kind of money that he's making... Not a great game yesterday. Nine points, nine rebounds. was fairly efficient, whatever, but not up to his numbers. He did have an insane pass. It's like, I think it was he cut, takes like a couple steps, kind of like fake hero, draws both defenders, throws it behind his head to somebody for the dunk. That's, I mean, it, it makes you think like, oh, I wish he would have done that CU more. Uh, but we learned some things. So that is how it is. Uh, so there's Jabari. Um, we're gonna. I've got only a couple of notes to come out first, and then we're gonna hit these Pac-12 South win totals. Uh, we did the Pac-12 North a couple of days ago. Now, like I said, we're going to uh, look through the South and see where there is money to be made, and also, I mean, just see what the the internet, what Vegas thinks of the. The the Rock or not the Rockies, sorry, going to the Rockies later. Um, but they think of the the Pactol South. So there we go. Um in terms of Rick George and Carl Durrell, there were only a couple things that really stood. Um you could imagine what it all sounded like. I'm um, with Carl. It's love. yeah, Summer's going well. Really impressed with the freshmen. It was nice that we were able to spend all the time recruiting these guys, really get to know them. It wasn't all virtual. Because of that, we wound up um, getting a bunch of guys who fit the culture, who understand what the the demands are when they show up. And and so those guys have been working really hard, and that that aspect of things has stood out. So they look like they're in much better shape than they were a year ago. The, the whole team, not just the the, re, the recruits, the freshmen. Um, so that that was kind of the general vibe. Uh from there, uh the the real noteworthy things, I mean really only one hard piece of news and that was that JT Shrout is fully healthy and 100%. He's he's out there, he's doing the thing um and he's good to go. You know, no no setbacks. This was kind of anticipated because that's what they had told us. Um but the, the timeline was correct. Good things are happening. Um, he did also say that he has a new team rule. And that team rule is that quarterbacks now have to wear a brace on their front leg. So if you're a right-handed quarterback, left knee, you got a brace on it. Um, left-handed quarterback, your right knee, got a brace on it. Uh, he was inspired by what had happened with our guy JT. Um so those are the real big pieces of news there. Um, when talking about the quarterback competition though, he said something interesting. So, you know, if if let's let's just say somebody asked me and somebody said, You're you're Carl Durrell. Um, and, and I'm gonna ask you this question, how do you think he would answer? And somebody asked me, So, is Brendan Lewis, does he have a leg up in the quarterback competition? Um, say, nope, totally open competition. All these guys are out there battling. It's nobody's job. They've got to go earn it. Um, that that would be my expectation from Carl Darrell. That's not what he said, though. He said, J- he, er, sorry, Brendan was our starter last year. And he got a bunch of good reps. He was a starter on this football team. And because of that, he somebody's going to take that job from him. And that was kind of the vibe of the response. He didn't say, like, this is Brendan's job. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat him out. Nothing like that. But he did say, you know, that's a... Uh, he he's he's sitting in number one right now and if somebody can unseat him, they go unseat him. I don't know JT Shroud all that well. You know, I've talked with him a few times, um, but he is a little bit fiery. Um he's I feel like if you beat him in Monopoly, you might wind up with like a I don't like a, a bottle flying at your head, something like that, you know. Um, pretty intense in that sort of way, very competitive, not afraid to talk, um, real talker out there. And Brendan, from what I've heard, has turned into a, more of a talker out on the practice field as well. But because that's JT's personality, if you're trying to fire him up, get the most out of him, that might be what, what was on Carl's mind. Or really, it is Brendan. And he, he also said that Brendan has started to kind of realize you know, what it takes to be a good football player. I think he mentioned that other players have have noticed that as well, or not noticed it, but have kind of followed that lead. Um, But, you know, you don't just show up and be good at football. You have to spend the hours in the film room. You have to work on your technique. You got to be in the weight room. You got to be in the playbook, all that sort of stuff. Um, And he said that that's probably the biggest development he's seen um, recently is just that he's he's approaching it more professionally, Uh, which is an interesting comment, right? Because that means he wasn't max professional before, uh, which and again, if he's starting games as a 19-year-old quarterback, the expectations only be so high, right? Adhere here in 70 and not 20 hours or whatever. Um, but you know, it's it's not. You got to learn, and, and it's not even how much time to put in, and how to put him in, right? You know, studying the playbook so you know it for later on. And, and I think that bringing in new guys, you know, and all them, you that would be helpful in learning how to to be that sort of guy, right? You know, have have those sorts of leaders in those locker rooms. Tommy Brown, has he been watching play quarterback? Mac Jones, uh, Tua Tagovailoa was before him. Jalen Hurts before him. I'm pretty sure Tommy was on there for that. Those are those are NFL quarterbacks now. Those are NFL quarterbacks. And just because you're an NFL quarterback now doesn't have an NFL quarterback in the past. But you know they did something right. They definitely did something right. So. That's where I'm at right now with all that, and uh, it's good news for sure. It's good news for sure, especially when Brendan struggled last year. Like, well, who knows? Maybe it's a good thing that he struggled at some point, right? Or it wasn't wasn't maximizing his time at some point, um, just because something was going wrong, right? I don't think anybody was expecting to hear. Yes, you know, everything was going perfectly. Although we'd have heard that before, maybe not perfect. You know, he he looks like a different guy in practice. In practice, he's going through his reads. He's he's throwing the ball the right guy. He's he's hitting all of his throws. Um, and then in the game, like something's off. And that was kind of the theme in the middle of the season, getting him to to translate practice onto the playing field. So there are some of those sorts of things. But um from Carl, those were kind of the big notes. In terms of the Pac twelve stuff, obviously that's more Rick George's alley. Um Carl said, you know, we've talked about with the team. Uh, We talk about all sorts of things with the team, you know, when there's a shooting at a school we talk about with the team when there's whatever, 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 whatever's going on in the world. We want to talk to it. Just be in touch. You know, we're not, not football players only here. Um, you know, it's about developing 19 year olds and there's a lot of levels in that. So that's, uh, that's kind of the vibe there. Um, and he said, in terms of like him in particular, I guess I should say this, he's not really paying much attention. Um, or at least he's not thinking about it much. He might, he's probably paying attention, probably reading the news. But he's not thinking about it much. He's not trying to come up with plans because that's not his job because they've got games to play in the uh, very near future. We're only a couple months out, and I'm excited. I get to go sit in Folsom as a fan. I've never gotten to do that before, so I'm fired up. Um, in terms of Rick George, I bet you could guess what uh, what the theme of that conversation was. Uh, it was it was all just Pac-12 conference, NCAA stuff. Um, didn't really get into the NIL stuff. I think at one point he did say like, you know, it's it's not good. It's not good the way it is. It's not a good. Committee to come up with the rules and so things didn't get under out of hand like they did, and then the NCA just threw all of our proposals out the window the week before the, everything kicked in. Um, but again, that most of it was about realignment in USC and UCLA and all of that. Um, some notes. I mean, first of all, the I the my favorite part was when he said, like, let me be clear. We did not lose a team that's participated in a CFP playoff game. That's a shot. It's a shot. And it, wasn't, it didn't feel like something that was just kind of like spur of the moment. Oh, it just slipped out. It felt like something he went. It's good to say things like that, right? I think that it's easy in the moment to say, like, oh, you can't be throwing shades. Those are good schools. You're in trouble. All those sorts of things. But... College football is about things like that, you know. You you hope that that's something Riley pins up on his bulletin board, or or uh, Chip Kelly pins up and tells his team about when they go play, whatever. Because first of all, it's just like good for college football to have rivalries like that, to have people trash talking, to do those sorts of things. Um, you know, that's what you remember. You know, if you go out there and beat USC and, and the week of the USC game, Lincoln Riley's bringing that stuff up. That's the part that gets remembered for 20 years. You know, that's that's 20 years from now when people say, yeah, first time they beat USC in the offseason, they had done this and Ricks had said that. And then the coach got all fired up about it and blah, blah, blah. It, it, I, I understand that the odds of them beating USC are slim like you look at the just like the Vegas expectations or look at the recent history or just like the overall history of being what and 15 against USC now but I don't know it you also don't want to just say like oh no we're going to lose so we probably shouldn't say anything like you can't tuck your tail at this point right like you might as well try to fire people up um because if it doesn't work you're getting fired You know, and maybe not Rick George necessarily. I'm not sure where he stands. And athletic directors are tough to gauge. I think it's easy to say like, how successful are the teams, and how much money do you have? But there's there's a lot more that goes into it. And when you have one that's on all of the committees and all of that sort of stuff, and because of that, Colorado gets more power just because they have their voice in the room that's designing the NIL rules, for example. You know, that's that's good to have, and that's tough to kind of calculate. You know, Um, but it's like, yeah you're you're on the hot seat probably I think the c b s sports I think it's Dennis Dodd who puts him out every year but there's um maybe six levels of of hot seat and he goes through every coach and I think there's sixteen coaches on a hotter seat than Carl durrell now Carl's on the same tier as like twenty others, so where exactly is he who knows but it, it if if you're going to go out go out f- bringing attention firing guys up being a part of the story, right? And and sportsmanship, yeah, whatever. But what is remembered about college football? It's about the rivalries. It's about this sort of thing. So I'm I'm all here for it is the point of all this. And the kind of bonus kicker at the end is if Colorado wants to, say, move to the Big 12, for example, it doesn't hurt to be able to say, hey, look, what I said was on the front page of the college football Reddit yesterday. Or whatever talk show was talking about. The Reddit thing happened. I'm not sure what the talk shows picked up on. Or what stories were written. Or whatever. But. Being interesting media wise. Being a team that people follow. That people know of. That people are interested in tuning into. That has to do with doing things like this. And you don't want to just be grabbing attention all the time. But there is a, a strategy to all of that for sure. And I'm not sure if that was the intent. But in that regard it definitely doesn't hurt right and and Colorado grabbing national headlines is not a bad thing it's not a bad thing um so so that was the spiciest moment though when when he said you know they didn't go to the CFP <laughs> and it'd be it'd be more fun if Colorado had right then then it's a little bit more of a flex but it is what it is Colorado can't do that so you do what you do and hope you can build to that point at some point so That was the big one. In terms of the other stuff, not all that much going on. I thought he had some interesting comments about the... Essentially, his point was that right now, they're trying to keep everybody together in the Pac-12 because Colorado on its own doesn't have all that much power. You know, Arizona on its own doesn't have all that much power. But when you're able to pool together the 10 of you and work together, there is power in that. And that is absolutely true um it is dangerous though because there's there's a good chance that when we look back on this kind of 10 team version of the Pac-12 now the the end result is that there were what 8 8 people who were trying to work together to hold everybody together and two people who were pretending to and snuck away and were able to get good deals out of it because they were able to get good deals out of it you know so what you don't want to be is the the good guy who is just trying to keep everybody together to keep the power and build off of that instead of selling out. Um, there's value in it, and if you're able to do it, then there's real value in it. But it's a dangerous game, right? Again, when you talk about Rick George, I don't know where he stands in those rooms. You know, when there's when there's 10 athletic directors who's leading the discussion. You would expect Rick to be toward the top of the list. Is he number one? Is he number four? Who knows? Um, It's tough to say from the outside, but the reputation is that he would be involved, and so taking that stance, I don't know that's it's necessarily a bad thing. You also, I mean, you can't trust what anybody in that room is saying. You also can't trust what Rick George is saying, to be honest. Like, everybody has a whole bunch of irons in different fires trying to do what's best for their school and, uh, that's true of Rick George as well. So, while he did say that, uh, a gra- a massive grain of salt, this whole sh- salt shaker, or like the, is it in Utah, maybe, that you have like the massive salt land, where, I guess you have Salt Lake, but it feels like there's just like a big salt, it's all just salt, it looks like a desert, but it's salt, I don't know. But it's that kind of salt with any of this. Um, Let's see. What else did we have? Um, he he did say he hasn't talked to the athletic directors at USC or UCLA. Maybe a little bit interesting. Not a huge surprise, probably. Um, yeah, I don't think that there was much else. I mean, that was the vibe. Uh, oh, there was interesting talking about the media deal. First of all, he does think the payments are going to go way up with the new media deal, but he actually dug into the details in an interesting way. Um, the big, I mean, you, you know, the big parts, right? Like it's a 12 year deal, and because of that, over the 12 years, the rest of the market just grows and grows and grows, and Colorado isn't, or PAC 12 isn't able to negotiate the new deal, which would put them in, you know, the, that, that level of, of money. Um, he added some more specific stuff though that i i was interested in and basically what he said was you know tier one rights our tier one rights are more valuable than they were before but our tier two rights are where we're really being underpaid because they're all just going to the pac-12 network and we're not getting much money from the pac-12 network so when the time comes and we actually get real income there's there's this depth of the product that is not reflected in what we're making now. Because if we were just to sell those alone and he didn't put a number on it, but it wouldn't be crazy to say that each school would get another $10 million a year out of the media deal just from Tier 2 and Tier 3 rights. And that could be lowballing it too. Because Tier 2 is, you know, Arizona, Colorado. You know, that's that's Tier 2 for sure. Washington State, Oregon State is a Tier 2 right. And those are mostly just going to the Pac-12 network where you say, eh, this isn't... This isn't getting us any money. So, I, I thought that that point in particular stood out. But outside of that, I mean, I guess he he also said that people thought it'd move quickly, but that's really not how it's going to work. There's no rush. We talked about that a little bit earlier this week, so we don't need to dig in there because um, that's kind of what we expected as well. <sighs> Okay. Um I think that's it for that. Uh after the break, we will be running through Pac-12 South wind totals including your Colorado Buffaloes. I uh I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to dig through these. I think nothing would really surprise me and that makes this kind of a fun thing to do. Real quick though, DraftKings sportsbook is my favorite. Um, like I said, going to the Rockies game tonight, put together a little parlay. Hopefully it's going to hit. Um, there's a lot of things I think are going to happen in there. And if it does, I get, I think it was like 12 to 1 odds tonight. Again, it's a uh, keeps you interested, right? Which can sometimes be hard with these guys. But uh, that's not the point. The point is, whether you want to bet on golf, whether you want to bet on whatever, uh, you really can't go wrong with DraftKings Sportsbook. It is the king of sports betting. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and restrict eligibility restrictions apply. Uh, must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-522. Forty-seven hundred. Also, Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, they have the Avalanche at the at Coors Field, um, and because of that, I will be drinking the Avalanche at Coors Field tonight. Uh, it's a great beer. If you guys haven't tried it, very simple beer, not all that much to it, um, and because of that, it's uh it's perfect for baseball. You can you can drink one of them or two of them or three of them or, you know, you can keep counting for yourself. Uh, it's um. It's the best. It is the best. And that's about all I have to say. You can go to breckbrew.com. Use the beer locator on their website. It'll tell you exactly where to go to pick up whatever beer you want to try. Um, Like I said, you can't go wrong. Vanilla Porter, Strawberry Sky, uh, all good stuff. So get on over there. And also, Sexy Pizza. Uh, Sexy Pizza, they're awesome as well. Uh, if you haven't been to Sexy Pizza before, you should definitely check it out. There's a lot that maybe you want to know beforehand. Things, for example, like um, the the Green Chili Pizza is a pizza that I like, or they have the Philanthropies, which mean that uh, a, a nonprofit from the area has put together their own pizza, and if you order it, they get a portion of the proceeds. There's a bunch of cool stuff like that. There's vegan options, gluten-free options, all the pizza stuff that you could expect from any pizza place. And, again, can't go wrong. Four locations in Denver, one now in Trinidad, Colorado. So, go get your hands on some sexy pizza. All right. Um, into these win totals, uh, which I am pretty excited about, um, we're going to do the same thing as we did a couple days ago. Basically, just start alphabetically. No, that means Colorado's first. Ah, let's let's rip the bandaid off. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Colorado's win total um, this season. Uh, so DraftKings Sportsbook has the Buffs at three wins. So you can bet the over or the under three wins. Um, let's run through the schedule. So, Buff start the season. They play TCU in the season opener in Boulder. Yeah, just looking at this today, got to call it a loss, right? Um, I think they're an, a seven-point underdog. So it's not like it's a, a definite loss by any means. But, like I said, as we sit here today... You lean win, you lean loss. You got to lean loss there uh, if you're being honest with yourself. Then you go to Air Force the next week. Again, that's that's one where Air Force is going to be favored. Uh, so, so you probably take Air Force in that game. Got Minnesota on the road the next week. Again, you're not going to be favored in any of these three games. You might not be favored in any game all season. Um, unless again, if you go in and you beat TCU, you beat Minnesota, you're two and one. Well, yeah, you're going to be favored when you play Arizona a couple weeks later. Um, but as it stands today, not favored in, in these games. So that puts us in a tough place when we talk about the win total, I guess. Um, I'll say this, I, uh, I think when you look through here, It's about finding the winnable games, right? So all three of those non-conference games, I think, are winnable. Um, I think most likely, I'm not sure if winning one or zero is more likely. Uh, It's probably 50-50. You go to UCLA, you expect that to be a loss. Arizona, I think, should be a win. Arizona State, I think, should be a win. I think Cal's a battle. Oregon State, you probably on paper aren't good enough. Like it's just so tough because I know that they underperformed last year. Like they're capable of so much more, but all you can really work off of is what they've shown you. Right. And so when you say, are they going to beat this team again, it's, it is what it is. I'm taking the over on three wins though. um, Just because I think there's enough of a chance that they're going to, to be better than people understand better than they expect. Right. Because even if it's three, it's a push. So what you're saying is, is four more likely than two? I do think that four is more likely than two. I just think that there's a bunch of winnable games, even week one. Just go get a jump on them at home. Seems like it should be possible. It's just so hard to predict this team right now. Um, So when it comes to over under three games, give me the over. I'm in on the over. Um, But I will say... This isn't my favorite bet of all of the bets we're going to be talking about. Um, so, that was Colorado. If we're going alphabetically, USC, US, UCLA, Utah. Oh, Arizona. Those are alphabetical. Damn. Um, well, we're going back to the top here with Arizona. Uh, their win totals also set at three. Looking through their schedule. Again, it's similar to Colorado, except I don't see quite as much upside with Arizona and because of that I'm a little bit more nervous about taking the over you know we have San Diego State you have North Dakota State Mississippi State I think that's a tougher non-conference non schedule than C- the CU has which is wild because CU has two power five teams and they've got an FCS team and an, and one non-power five one G5 team in there um from there though you know Colorado that one's a toss-up and odds are, whoever wins that one's the one who's going to go over, right? Um, but you got Oregon and USC and UCLA and Utah and Washington. Like it's it's going to be tough. Arizona State could be the they're kind of saving grace there. But looking at it again, I think the real answer is you stay away because I don't think I'd take the under on three. You're just asking for trouble there. Although, I and mean, when's the last time they won more than three games? It's been a few years. Um, so if anything, you take the under. Again, though, with these low numbers, I'm probably just staying away. Arizona State, you look at, they start with Northern Arizona, Oklahoma State, Eastern Michigan. Honestly, they probably should win Eastern Michigan and Northern Arizona, but this is a team that, especially like for this season, is going to be very prone to way underperforming versus expectations. Um, so from there you go to or you I guess you're home against Utah. That's a loss. USC's a loss. Washington's a loss. Uh Stanford I think is a loss. Colorado again I think I have Arizona State on the same page. That, that same level as Colorado and Arizona. Um and just looking through again, are there winnable games? Yeah, there's definitely winnable games. But when you ask yourself, are they going over six and a half wins? That's that's a a really easy no for me. Um so I'm taking the under there. Um what do we have left? UCLA, Utah, and uh uh USC. There we go. Sorry. Um UCLA would be the alphabetical next up. Line set at eight and a half. Um, I guess last time we were going through the schedule before looking at the, the win line. Also, UCLA is another one where if you Google UCLA schedule, it's like ten results of academic stuff before before you get to the football schedule. Um, I guess they start Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama. That's three and zero. Colorado. That's probably four and zero. Washington. That's a battle to me. Um, We'll say four and one Utah four and two Oregon four and three Stanford. We'll go five and three because we gave the loss to Washington six and three for Arizona state seven and three Arizona eight and three with Cal. But I think USC has to be a loss. So you're right up on that number eight and a lean under, but not by all that much at all. Um, Next up, USC, Rice is a win, Stanford's a win, Fresno's a win, Oregon State is a win, five wins with Arizona State, six for Washington State, you lose to Utah, six and one, Arizona, seven and one, Cal, eight and one, Colorado, nine and one, UCLA, ten and one, Notre Dame, ten and two. Um, and I think their line is set at 9.5, if I remember right. 9.5, except, I again, any one of those games in a vacuum, you pick them to win. But I do think that they blow at least one more. And I don't think they win those tough games, those two tough games. So, I I, I know I gave them 10 wins. I take the under here, especially at plus 105. Um, and then wrapping things up, we've got Utah. And Utah have a feeling I'm going to go over, but let me double check by going through the schedule. Florida, that's a toss-up. We'll say lost there, but give them the benefit of the doubt later. Um, Southern Utah's a win. San Diego State's a win. Arizona State's a win. Oregon State's a win. UCLA win. USC win. So now you're sitting there at 6-1. 7-1 um, with Washington State. 8-1 with Arizona. 9-1 with Stanford. 10-1 with Colorado. Oregon, they could win or lose. That, along with the Florida game and the USC game, probably decide whether that's a a college football playoff team. Win line is set at uh, 9. So I'll take the over 9 because I I love that you get the push at 9 on on top of the potential to win 10. So there we go. That'll do it for today. Uh, I'll be back at some point this weekend with another podcast, and I will see you then.